Thought Bubble Audio. Look, up in the sky! You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Welcome to Beer with Geeks with Tim and Frank. Who are you? I'm Batman. I am Iron Man. Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Hi, Christopher. I'm Nero. My name is Inigo Montoya. You're a wizard, Harry. A couple of guys with a couple of beers and a whole lot of pop culture nostalgia. Make it so, number one. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles. Name the dog in the ant. Life finds a way. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Now sit back and crack open a cold one. Because it's time for Beer with Geeks. It comes in paints? Shaken, not stirred. Great Scott! I was way off. I knew it started with an S, though. Hi, and welcome to Beer with Geeks, where two geeks geek out with beer. I'm Tim, and with me, as always, is my man who is an Ewok that now blinks. It's Frank. How are you today? <laughs> Yubnub. Yubnub, indeed, my friend. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Good. Bud? I'm doing well. I'm also doing well. Uh, Frank, we are here today to talk about The Mandalorian Season 3 and our experience seeing Return of the Jedi in theaters, potentially for the first time, unless you were alive, to which I was not, neither were you. Um, I was not. But first, before we do that, Frank, what are you drinking today? I am drinking a Kolsch from the Concord Craft Brewing Company. Of Concord, New Hampshire. It is their capital. I was just there. Yes, you were. I was literally just there. I saw that actual Golden Dome. That's amazing. Yes, you did. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yes. Capital Kolsch. Capital with a K, uh, as it would be spelled in German, because Concord is the capital of New Hampshire. So uh, so there you go. Uh, and it is it is a light and crisp and refreshing golden, golden ale. Um a nice, uh, nice golden color, and a nice uh, malty mm. flavor. Nice. Wait, I think Concord's the capital because you roll up and you're like, "What a quaint, fun, small town!" <laughs> and it's the capital. That's wild. Such well, New yeah, Hampshire capital, Kolsch. Wow, that's so fun. Um, no, very good. I'm glad that you're enjoying that. I love a good Kolsch, as you know. Yes. Um, I, my friend, am drinking a Sam Adams. Porch Rocker, part of the part of their festive pack. Very good batch this year. Very exciting. Delicious batch. Nice and well balanced. Very year. balanced. I agree. Sometimes it's a little heavy on the lemon, or yes. it's arguably even heavy itself. The beer can't be done. Mm-hmm. This, not this year, though. No, good. No, they threaded the needle this year. Mm-hmm. Really good batch this year. Um, better in a can or in a bottle? Ooh, uh, better in a bottle. Ooh, I think it's better in a can. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, which is not something I normally would say about beer, but I think it's actually better in the can. Um, I interesting, interesting. I I think Porch Rocker is better in a bottle. Um, and maybe it's something to do with the aroma or whatever. I don't mm. know. Um, but I generally prefer to buy cans just for for storage reasons. You can fit them more easily in the fridge and all mm-hmm. that. But um, the yeah, cans are know. less of a hassle. They but are bottles less look better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yep, I would agree. With, I agree with all of that. Frank, we are here to talk about Mandalorian and uh, Return of the Jedi. Which do you prefer that we talk about first? I don't have a preference. Let's let's talk about uh, let's let's talk about our our experience seeing 
Return of the Jedi, because I think we have, uh, I, I don't know which we have more to, to say, to talk about, but let's, uh, <laughs> well, you're asking me if I have something to say about Return of the Jedi, so be careful, yeah. <laughs> be careful what you, what you Truth. wish for, Truth. um, sure, um, so oh, yes, first time for both of us seeing it on the big screen. Yes, first time for both. I had seen A New Hope on the big screen when I was a kid. Ah. Um, and I've never seen Empire on the big screen. And so this was hilariously like I watched Star Wars for the first time. Because as you recall, I saw A New Hope, and then I saw Return of the Jedi, and then I saw Empire Strikes Back. Right. So even my theater experience, it's A New Hope, then River Jedi, and then... That's- Hopefully one day Empire Strikes Back. That's very funny. Mm-hmm. That's very very funny. Yeah. Um. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. This I, is your I, first I was, original on this big screen. This is my first original trilogy film on the big screen. Um. Yeah. It, which was very very, um, very exciting. Very exciting. Uh. I I love it. Was, you know. Overall. You know. Short. Short. Uh, the short version is I absolutely loved it. I absolutely <laughs> loved the experience of getting to see one of my favorite movies on the uh, on the big screen. I um, I also loved it. It did seeing it on the big screen and in such high definition. I did like there was this experience of like looking at things going, hmm, that's cheap. Like, oh yeah like so there was like a like luke's lightsaber is on the emperor's chair and the death star yeah, yeah. and it's like the gold is like flaking off of, <laughs> the, of the lightsaber and i was like wow that's detail i didn't need to see you know <laughs> it's just too high def it's too high def even some even like like wicket's eyes were like creepy yes. like yes. he did like i liked that there were no pupils like that, like like I, because that's kind of what I'm used to seeing with them. Like just kind of like blackout, seeing like pupil dilation, whatever. Like that was kind of freaky. Like I did not enjoy yeah. that. There were a number, a number of the effects from the uh, special edition that have not aged particularly well. Um, I've I've always felt like the Dune C looks like a PlayStation cutscene. Oh, you're talking um, about the um you talking about the, just the, the establishing bit? shot of the oh, of just the sure. dunes. You know, and and then of course they sort of pasted in the sail barge over the over them. But even before that, when it's just like the dunes and all the banthas mm-hmm. for like twenty seconds or whatever, that always looked so fake to me. Even when it was relatively new, it didn't look it was not particularly good CG. That's funny because that was the one where I was like, hmm, that looks all right. <laughs> I think it's aged really badly. I think most of those, but I think most of those special edition effects have aged poorly, like arguably worse than like some of the practical effects. Like the, the the Sarlacc pit could have remained a pit. Like it didn't need the beak in the middle. The beak is distracting. The beak is distracting. Why are there teeth on the side? You can tell it is tacked on. Yeah. Oh, totally. But like, why are there teeth on the side? If there's a beak in the middle, like why design, it doesn't make it like, just like from a, a standpoint of an animal or any living being, it makes no sense. Some of the things, like once George got started on making changes, he sort of got a little carried away with some of yep, it. And it's like, oh, see, well, if I could have back then, it wouldn't have just been a hole with teeth in it. It would have been, it would have been more impressive looking. Maybe there'd be like a beak in the middle, you know, like, and it's it, it sort of okay, but 
you put the teeth there because he didn't have a beak. So why would you add the beak now if it like it? Maybe you would have done something different, but you didn't. So like, it's, I kind of like doesn't, the, that doesn't need to change. I kind of like the pit with the um, teeth though, because like you could like literally stumble upon it, like or into yeah. it. That's much scarier than some rando beak. Like doesn't make yeah. any sense. But yeah, watching Boba Fett fall into it, you know, Still has funny. a whole different resonance now that we've seen the book of Boba Fett. I did think about that, and I, I, you know, in, in my mind. They're just like weirdly almost two different characters. I kind of know what you mean. Because like, he's kind of still just there. And I yeah. did think about like one day you're going to sit on that throne and like the stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. But like at the end of it, I was still just like, you're just a chump. Like I still just <laughs> think that you're a chump. He goes out like a chump. Yeah. The only time that he's really not been a chump to me watching it is when he appears in The Mandalorian in the second season, not even in yeah. his own show. But in the Mandalorian, but whatever. Um, but like, there arguably there's some like other stuff, like some of the other practical things, like on the big screen, like Jabba still looks great. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you know, yeah. even the Rancor looked awesome. Yes, yeah. Like so, there was uh, things that I uh, I just I did highly enjoy. Um, from kind of from that from from that angle. Also, I didn't know that Bib Fortuna had turquoise gloves like that i like, didn't even catch that yeah he was like petting r2 you know like when he does and you know uh yeah yeah and, yeah uh, and his like i thought he was wearing all black but all of a sudden like you're you have color on your outfit like i never would i even huh. on my screen i've never noticed that um so things like that i enjoyed i enjoyed quite a bit I maintain that Return of the Jedi is middle of the road Star Wars like in packed with some of the other things that have come out like watching like it just it has such an uneven tempo sure yes yeah, yeah. now there there is yes there is uh, it leaves it, it 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 does not reach the same all the same heights that that uh episodes four and five do no um except i think the third act is almost unparalleled in star wars though the like, emotion and the tension in, mm-hmm. in that third act. Yeah. It does an an excellent job at balancing the importance of the three different stories and like is how each one is necessary for the other one to survive and at different points. Like that is that's almost worth the like the drudgery of the second act, which is mm-hmm. not terrible. It can be pretty dull. Um, yeah, once we're on Endor, you know, once we land on Endor, I I sort of. You know, when when Wicket and Leia had their had their, you know, uh, meet, scene where they meet that that was my bathroom break. Sure. Sure. Um, but, you know, it, it is it's all fine. It would, it, you know, it, it is uh, it is what it is. Um, there's actually there was one scene seeing things in high def on the big screen. I think it's when Luke and Vader are in the elevator going to the Emperor's throne room on the Death Star yep. and Vader's helmet is like covered in dust. Like static oh, dust, and I was like, "Whoa, nobody dusted him before this take." Like, That's but it, fun. but it just made me think. Like, they probably were dusting his helmet or oh, sure. like polishing it down between takes and things like. Sure, Especially, and someone's like polishing the floors, you know, to get all the scuffs out of. Yeah, it and exactly. Stuff and, yeah. yeah, but it's just um, like in the like or like when Vader appears for the first time, like you know, and like the shuttle comes in, is like you know. We will double our efforts, you know, yes, you know, yeah. that whole conversation. Um, like Vader's helmet is so shiny. 
I noticed on that. the big screen. I, it's almost distracting how shiny it is. Super shiny. Yeah, you know, it's I, funny. I definitely noticed that. Yeah, because on the small screen, that's my that's my favorite Vader look. Is the mm. shiny like I haven't been in a battle in a long time, Vader? But like for some reason on the big screen, I was like, whoa, it's too much. It's like it was like J.J. Abrams lens flare. Lens flare. Yeah, kind of. Um, yeah, got my eyes. I did. I did. Um, actually, you mentioned that scene. Th- something that I was looking out for throughout the whole film, especially in scenes like that one, uh, was trying to figure out when it was a Ralph McQuarrie matte painting in the background, <gasps> totally. and when it was real. So, like in the on the Death Star uh, and on the Super Star Destroyer, you actually see. Um, it kind of goes back and forth between shots of real stormtroopers lined up mm-hmm. and then a matte painting of stormtroopers. Yes. Um, and, and I was I was paying extra attention to see when it, when those switches happened and what was painting and what wasn't. Yep. Because the paintings are so damn good, you can't tell. I know. A lot of, on a small screen especially, you have to really squint and look. Actually, even the Emperor's arrival, I know a lot of those stormtroopers mm. are matte painting. That's right. matte painting. And I really couldn't tell even on the big screen. And I knew I was looking at one. Right. And I still... Couldn't really tell. There was one camera movement, and I can't remember where it is. It's either it's either Endor or um or Tatooine. I can't remember, but there's like a there's a the camera kind of tilts down or up. I can't remember away from the moon or the Death Star or whatever. And it was like it was so obvious that like there was a layer of a matte painting when the camera moved. Oh, I and see. That was like I could almost like see the 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 depth of it like uh-huh. in the movement and like that's not something i would ever see on a small screen sure and that's to me not a slight against the movie because when these movies were made the intensity of the camera focus was not the same. like we were never mm-hmm. they were they never thought we were going to get well maybe george did but nobody else ever really thought that we were going to get this high quality mm-hmm. right and so like that's not what they were making the movie for like when you can see george reeves strings flying on superman you know what i mean like the grainy television in 1953 was not going to see that exactly right so and so i i can't fault them for for things like that but it is interesting to watch them yeah Um, for sure for sure interesting to watch them yeah 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 um yeah so it was it was a really fun experience all all around um my my theater was not particularly crowded it wasn't empty but it wasn't crowded um, so I actually was able to get, and I bought my tickets a couple of weeks in advance. So I got like the best seat in the house, nice. like the exact distance from the screen screen that I wanted dead center. Um, you know, recliner seat, like mm, mm-hmm. best, nice. best seat in the house. Nice. My feeling it was actually pretty full considering yeah. I saw it at like three fifteen on a Tuesday, hmm. like, because I, I was supposed to see it on May the 4th. Um, oh, yes. and That's I, right. Ended up getting a uh, piece of metal in my tire on the way to work, like, the two days previous. And the car wasn't going to be ready until 6 o'clock. And so I was like, well, movie's at 3.15. It's two hours and 15 minutes. I know I don't have to stand at the end of the credits. So, like, I will. And it was basically across the street and a little ways down from the theater. Mm-hmm. So I said, I will go to the movie. And I will just go to the garage afterwards like and it was perfect i was like my car was ready 40 minutes early so basically like five minutes after i got out of the movie nice your car's ready so hey perfect yeah it was great it was a wonderful viewing experience it was a wonderful viewing experience fantastic for sure 
Uh, let's talk Mando season three. Um, yes. it, it's been a while since I watched it. It's been done for a while. So my memory might be a little spotty on some things. Uh, but, uh, what did you, what did you think? I think this season has gotten a really bad rap, um, because it doesn't reach the heights of seasons one and two. Um, but I feel like there has been disproportionate hate kind of piled upon it in a lot of internet circles that I don't feel it deserves. Um, I think it was a, like a B season. Mm-hmm. Not bad. Like, not bad, but it wasn't like an A++++ like we got from seasons one and two. And I think that they were such a high standard that it was A, going to be hard to to meet that standard. And B, this, you know, a lot of these things are spinning out of the Book of Boba Fett and are now setting up, you know, the Ahsoka series and what we know is going to culminate in a feature film at some point. Mm-hmm. So it is playing a different role in the Star Wars uh, universe than than seasons one and two played when it was sort of the centerpiece mm-hmm. of its storyline at the time. Um, so with all of that context sort of put in place and everything, I thought it was actually a, an entertaining season. I liked a lot of the storylines that we had. It took a lot of turns, that like a lot of surprising turns that I didn't expect. And yet, all that positive stuff being said, there were a couple of things that felt like they were left dangling. The whole Pershing, Dr. Pershing thing, I thought was going to have a little bit more story momentum mm-hmm. to it, and it was sort of isolated um, in in a lot of ways. Um, the clone stuff with uh, Moff Gideon, I'm not sure we've seen the last of that, but it felt a little anticlimactic the way mm-hmm. that that kind of ended. So it had some stuff that you know wasn't wasn't really going for it. But I actually liked the Mandalorian stuff, uh, the, the 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 whole covert. And everything, I, I liked what was going on there. Anyway, I'm talking a lot. What did you think of season three? I don't think you were talking. I think you were talking the perfect amount, Frank. Uh, and uh, I I think I'm basically in the same camp as you are. Some dangling threads, like the like the Pershing stuff, like that's just not going to resolve this season, I guess. That's, that's fine. Um, and then um, the Gideon stuff did feel anticlimactic, maybe because we had hyped the clone, the spoilers for Mandalorian season three. Um, moving forward right now, um, maybe because the, um, we suspected the clones had to do with Snoke and the emperor. And it turns Mm -hmm. out it didn't have anything to do with them. And they were like, oh, so just of yourself, that's cool, I guess, you know? Mm -hmm. So like, I get that. Um, but I think a lot of the hate has been centered on like, oh, it's Bo-Katan's show now. And truthfully, I'm like, not good. But like, but good, like you Kinda know what I mean. Good, kinda, because like... she's a fascinating character. Katie Sackhoff is crushing it every episode. Yes, and like, I, enjoy, I liked the the larger. The first two seasons are about like they're about Lone Wolf and Cub, right? Yes, you know that that's that's the story. That story resolves at the end of season two. Yes. Cub goes off with Luke Skywalker and that's it. And so, you know, sacrifice, you know, surrogate father does what's best for his surrogate son, you know, like whatever. Um, And so I feel like in some ways Grogu coming back is not necessarily a mandate from the studio, but like Grogu sells. So figure it out, you know? Yeah, I, I do kind of think that that is a, yeah, a, Luke, a Lucasfilm 
edict or a Disney edict. Yeah, which which is fine. I don't mind. There's a couple of yeah. It wasn't done poorly, so I don't mind. No, I, I don't mind either. And certainly, I I prefer them together than apart because you know I, I you know they're cute and whatever. And so um and so that so this kind of like the mending of the Mandalorians, like the unification of the Mandalorians, is really the thrust of the season. And so, you know, and, and that is not like it's not to look down upon the um, the way, not the way, but, you know, whatever their. Um, oh, my gosh. What is their group called? The, um, the covert or the, the, the children of the way. Or, children of the way. Yeah, whatever. Um, so um, it's not to look down on their version of it, but to actually like say, like, it's OK that they believe this way. Because it's the only thing that actually made Mandalore survive in some capacity, um, mm-hmm. and it turns out like abandoning your faith or your way or whatever is actually the, what destroyed Mandalore. And so, um, did you watch that video that Vector sent? I I meant to ask you this before we yes. started. And so, our friend Justin Vector of Vectorverse um, sent us this lovely video that Frank will link in the show notes, and it's about a, a good half an hour about how the Mandalorian is particularly season three is John Favreau's story or retelling or in some capacity, or at least influenced by the story of Judaism. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not even like little things like, Oh, they're called tribes, like the 12 <laughs> tribes of Israel. Like, yes, that's there, but it goes hard into it. And so hard that like, it's like undeniable that yes. John Favreau is putting his Jewish upbringing into the Mandalorian and taking direct, like, and and like directly recontextualizing, like the story, like the stories of Jewish history, ancient Jewish history. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I just when I saw that, I'm like, I am all in on this season, truthfully, because I feel like that's kind of what, like, one, I feel my bachelor's degree is in religious studies. So like I felt like an idiot truthfully watching that, (laughs) watching that video going right. Obviously. Oh, it was right there. It was literally all right there. The 12 spies going into Mandalore, the Mm. the living waters. Like I have a whole living waters is a big one. Yeah, that's a big one. But even like, even if it's not Judaism and it's Christianity, which is what usually ends up getting like, recontextualized in western stories like or um like obviously i know that water is important in the story characters go into water and come out of the water it's always a baptism and like obviously like like i know that i teach that for a living and i'm always like it's everywhere children look for it and here i am watching the mandalorian be like oh look a mythosaur like i'm like obviously i should know what it's doing like and make it better like gideon is the gideon is, like there's i think it was the video that said this like gideon is the antithesis to mandalore where it's like they are like like it's all about community and being supportive of one another in community and that's what bokeh bridging two worlds and what they're all trying to unite and gideon's like mm, just copies of me will be fine like, <laughs> yes. you know, yeah. because like he has his little community, his his empire, like his empire meeting, right? The imperial meeting 
Captain Pellion, by the way. I hope did you catch that? Um No. Yeah. Um uh the um when they're in that holograph meeting in the second to last episode, um the guy the guy that does the majority of the talking besides Moff Gideon is Captain Pellion from Heir to the Empire and basically oh, the expanded Thrawn. universe. Okay, cool. Yeah, all the yeah. expanded So universe. that makes sense for the Thrawn connection then. Okay, yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And so like I like um uh, like he has his community and they're like, we're trying to like unite and be together again and empire and like all this stuff. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to do my own thing. Um, yeah. You yeah. Guys stink. And so it is like quite literally like he's doing the opposite of what the Mandalorians are doing. And like, right. that's really well, like that's great. But I also feel like, I should have gotten that, and I didn't. I needed somebody to tell me, and I don't know if that's because, like, I turned my brain off when it comes to, like, childhood loves where I, like, don't, like, I don't analyze the Star Wars, like, off the bat where, like, I'll go see, like, any movie and analyze those things. But I, sure. or even last week we talked about Guardians. Like, I was all in, like, that's, my mind was there for all sure. of it. yes. But I don't have a childhood connection to the Guardians. So I'm right. like watching it through a critical lens already, whereas like I'm not doing that with Star Wars because it's Star Wars. It's a different category almost in your brain. Yeah, um, but um, but anyway, I just I think it's a really strong season from that perspective. Like, and of course, like maybe like I don't know what Din and Grogu's like maybe arc is because like he's pretty much already his son. And so for him to be like at the end, like I adopt him, I'm like, okay. Like it, it was kind of like, oh, you didn't already do that formally? Oh, huh? Mm. Oh, yeah, I guess not. I, I guess even that was get sorta... even like the formality of it, but in my mind, like it's so obvious. Like it's so obvious that's what he is. Yeah, it, that it the was form- played as a as a big moment, but it was kind of a like yeah, obviously moment. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like watching uh, like the movie Lincoln, where it's like. The bill passed, like, obviously. Yeah, we know. We know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I knew. Like, I didn't need three hours for you to tell me that. I know. At the end of 1776, they signed the declaration. And you're like, wow, I know. Um, the Titanic sinks. Like, whatever. Like, What? Shocking. Yeah, shocking. Um, that's not a fair example, actually, because it's not, you're wrapped in. Because you, that's just the setting that happens. To, that's not what you care about. Anyway. Sure. Um, but, uh. Yeah, I. You mentioned that your bachelor's was in religious studies, and there, there is your master's in film studies, right there. <laughs> right on, <laughs> yeah, right on. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So of course I'm an idiot, double an idiot, because my bachelor's is in is in is in like religion, and my and my master's is in technically it's in the humanities, but I concentrated in film. So, but like it's in film, and here I am watching a thing about bait like a like a religious parallel like a flat out judaism parallel and i didn't get a second of that in it so i'm glad somebody did and it it i just liked that in some ways i even like that like favreau feels that like he can put something so personal to him forward inside of star wars yeah that's know? right because good star wars is not Star Wars. Good Star Wars is other things in the Star Wars universe, right? 
good Star I mean, that's Wars. What, that's what A New Hope was to begin with. Correct. Right? It's a pastiche. It's a it's one thing made up of a lot of di- – influenced by a lot of different other things. It's Westerns. It's Samurai. It's all the stuff that we know about Star Wars, right? It, you know, like we know those things already. Yes. So when Star Wars is just Star Wars, <laughs> Force Awakens, <clears throat> uh, you know, like, it, you know, when Star Wars is just Star Wars and it's not anything but that, you're like, all right, it's fine. Like, it doesn't feel quite right because it's not doing anything new or influence outside of that. And I know Favreau wanted to be influenced by the things that George Lucas was influenced by. And you get that very clearly in seasons one and two. It's obviously westerns. It's obviously samurai. In some man ways. with no name. It's, yeah, it's yeah. Dirty Dozen. It's like you know World War Two. It's like all those different things. This is Favreau going. Well, season one and two are for Star Wars. This is what George was influenced by. This is what I'm influenced by. Um, and so, and, and from that angle, I very much like this season. Oh yes, yes. Uh, yes, from all those, for all those reasons, for all the Bo-Katan stuff too, you know, the Bo-Katan and Thrawn stuff like melded together, you know, it, I, I like where for, for even for purely Star Wars reasons, I, I like it. I like it for all the reasons that you bring up, but even for purely Star Wars reasons, like I like seeing the, the continuation of that character from from the clone wars and everything that we know about her mm-hmm. i like seeing where we know you know thrawn stuff is going to pick up um you know having read the original thrawn trilogy and everything mm-hmm. um and knowing like okay what what stories can they tell with that in, mm-hmm. in this continuity and are they likely to tell and knowing that we're headed there it, it all is actually I feel it's it's a it's an exciting it's a it's a bit of a pivot for the Mandalorian specifically, but it's not anything we haven't seen ever before. It's sort of pivoting Star Wars into more of a Marvel sort of model where okay, this is one story, but it's one story in a larger mm-hmm. in a larger uh you know sort of bigger anthology of things uh and when this story completes itself it will hand off to the next chapter in this larger saga. Yeah, which um, is, I mean, that it, th- technically, in some ways, that is what Star Wars has been doing true. You know, for it's a true. long time. You know, it's, it's just more that you, it's usually filling in the gaps between episodes. Yes, this it's is not like, so much episodes in, in these these same characters' stories, It's but it's more like different stories that form a patchwork mm-hmm. um, that is one whole, you know? Yep. Um, from Clone Wars to Rebels to this to what comes next is all these different characters and different time periods, but it's actually all one story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and truthfully, I just, um, I like that. And um, I'm just happy to also see some other things kind of resolved, like Clone War stuff resolved. Yes. And, and it's not even, I should, it, I think it's even unfair to say like the Mandalorian stuff is just like, oh, it's Clone Wars stuff. It's, Star Wars stuff, you just happen to learn about it in Clone Wars. You know what I mean? Star that, Wars oh, stuff. Star Wars stuff. <laughs> Baseball stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. um, and so I like, yeah, I the focus on the focus on Bo Katan was a huge plus for me. Me uh, too. Yeah, I <laughs> I heard somebody call it the Book of Bo Katan, and I love that. That's great. You know, but truthfully, like, fine. Like, you know that I don't I don't have an issue with that at all. 
Like, no, same. I, I love that we went back to like not seeing Din's face. You know what I mean? Like it, like he, like no, this is what I believe. Like, and I just because th- this Frank, I'm going to talk about Dungeons and Dragons for a second. He is a paladin, right? And so because his name is Din Paladin Jarden, ah, there you go. right? right so there. He, like he is a, he is a knight wearing a suit of armor. Like he doesn't have colors like the rest of them. He is in his just the metal, right? And so it says like as knightish as you get, mm-hmm. and he is on a romantic or noble or chivalric quest. Yes, like at, at basically at all times, and this is basically him going to the living waters is like his is Sir Gawain seeking out the Holy Grail, right? Uh huh. This yes. is what this is kind of what he's doing. Um, you know, like you know, cl- claiming his, you know, like the, the uh, um, how do I describe it? Um, his honor, I guess that's what's, yeah, re- reclaiming yeah. what makes him honorable. Um, so like when he does that, it's not like oh, I'm done doing that now. Like no, no, no. Like it, like the code, the chivalric code is what is to be believed. Right. And so like mm-hmm. it's no like so the, the way of the Mandalore is this is what is to yes. be believed. There is something greater than himself that he believes in. Right. And I just that's good Star Wars because like that is technically the Jedi yes. before they're corrupted by politics. Yes. Right? But that's also what they're saying is like that's also Mandalore before they were corrupted by politics. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so um and so, the, like, this really big sta- – it's actually making a really big statement about, like, entrusting yourself to, like, the faith of your community and, like, and the beliefs of your people, like, in, in what, like, of ages and ages and ages ago and not to be led astray by the modern galaxy. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's what Favreau's saying. That that That's chaos theory. Um, so <laughs> very nice. <laughs> it's true, though. Everything you say is true. Uh, yes, I, I like you. I'm sorry. Can you do that again in the Han Solo voice? Because you, you had it was perfect and you dropped it. It's all true. All <laughs> it's <of> true. It. <laughs> all of it. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it is, though. Um, I, I really enjoyed the season for. Granted, not for the same reasons that I enjoyed seasons one and two. Nope, totally um, different. Mm-hmm. You know, I did. I did feel like the dark saber storyline was a little anticlimactic in the way that it ended, and it was like, and it's destroyed, and that now that's over. Um, I do. I'm like, not sure how I really feel about that, to be honest. I, I I do like it was destroyed because it's like this thing that like this is this is the thing that's holding you back. Everybody. Like the ring, like the yeah, it's yeah, it's kind of like that, like the one ring. Nice Lord of the Rings reference. Not a Lord of the Rings fan. Good job. Um, I approve. Um, I kind of thought that's where you were going. I was like, all right, let me just say, let me get it out of the way. The no, ring, I wasn't I know, right yeah. doing. I wasn't thinking about that at all. But that's okay, it. But well, it's, a, go. it's a really good. It is a good. It is a pretty good parallel. Um, no, I was thinking more just like, like oh, this is the thing that's holding you. This is the thing that's holding you back. And so now that it's gone, so you can move forward because, like, a good story has this kind of MacGuffin, right, that, you know, like, 
is symbolic of everything, almost like um, Lord of the Flies and the conch. Like once the conch gets destroyed, yeah, therefore all right. to their like all their civil ways, you know, or whatever. So um, no one's listening to you now, Piggy. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, so it, it's it's kind of like that. But I do I don't I think when Din lost it and and it was taken up by Bo-Katan, like when he got you know like you know like and he's like oh you know the she the enemy that defeated me she defeated that enemy so therefore it's hers it's kind of like okay now she has it and it's lost from there you know what i mean like yeah, yeah, yeah. that's not saying that like they don't use it and like okay and now she has it so we're all gonna follow her and they do those things but the way it's destroyed there's not enough weight is given to that moment that's right yes that's right yeah so by the time you get there you're like oh well they're already united anyway, so whatever. Like, that's kind of what it feels sure. like. Yeah. Like, it's almost like you needed, like, something for it to be like, no, the sword wasn't important. Yeah. I am Paz Vizsla. No, wait, I'm already dead. So, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, or whatever. The sword was just the friends we made along the way. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. Kinda. So, a um, couple of things uh, that we haven't talked about. Um, I cannot remember his name. What's the Pirate King? Uh, oh, I don't know, but yeah, the pirate king. I sure. loved him. Wanted more of him. He looked like Swamp Thing with a cane, and I Swamp Thing, thing with, with a cane, and I just I, loved him. I thought he looked like uh, uh, what was Jeffrey Rush's character in the uh, Pirates, well, Captain Barbosa. But I think you're thinking of Bill Nye's character. You think of Davy Jones. I am thinking of Davy Jones. Yeah, um, but yes, it's totally in that vein, and I just loved it because he's basically a seaweed monster. But yeah, but he's a, because he's a pirate. Get it? Yeah. yeah like, his boat is a tricorner hat. Get it? <laughs> like, you know, like, like I just tricorner boat. Yeah, right. I just I loved like that to me was like pure Star Wars fun, and I kind of wanted like a little more of that. Like, yes, yeah. Even like also the progression of Grogu growing up. He's like totally in toddler mode now and yeah. i just like as a parent like with a toddler this thing when he's walking around with ig like ig12 or whatever and you're like yes no yes no, yes no no no, no 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 i was like that's so weirdly accurate <laughs> it's like scary accurate like watching an alien walk around in a robot I'm like but i understand this this is relatable yeah. like are toddlers really just aliens at the end of the day oh, totally in robots sometimes if you in robots if you, yeah. if you buy them the right yeah. toys um yeah so anyway i i i truthfully i got really tired of the western stuff in mandalorian one and two mm -hmm. i was because the westerns are not really my genre so like like i was like ready for that part it to be over and so i kind of liked that even navarro itself is like eh, we're kind of like even moving out of the west we're not no longer the shanty yeah. town where like the capital but at the end, I just love that he, like, gets his ranch out in the desert, like like a good Clint Eastwood. His, his homestead. Know, what, his homestead, right? And so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe B-plus on the season overall, like, but I, um, I'm certainly ready for more Star Wars and more of these characters. I, I'm ready. I mean, I, I know there's a season four coming, but I'm honestly at this point more excited in a lot of ways for where, you know, the, the branching out from here mm -hmm. to the Ahsoka series and, and the, uh, the, the films that are to come out of it. 
or at least the film mm-hmm. uh, where it's going to culminate. I'm, I'm the the, uh, the Thrawn storyline. I'm very excited for. Kind of excited f- more for those things. And I'm, I am interested to see like Rogu continuing to grow up and becoming a Mandalorian and like taking on the different you know the different steps that he'll he'll go on along the way. But at this at this specific moment, I'm more excited about seeing the the story branch out from here and interested mm-hmm. to see where Din and Grogu. Uh, go from here yeah that video that that factor sent us that he does talk about grogu as this like messianic figure yeah um you know so like like one mandalorian jedi were enemies but he's also now he's this like jedi mandalorian so he's like walking two paths like yeah thing. so like uh, thematically also that's really interesting and i would really curious to see if that's where they're going um because it feels like they are and i'm it sure board. does yeah, so good stuff, good stuff. I, I, yeah, good stuff, good stuff all around. Mm-hmm. I'm into it. Um, you know what you should also be into, Frank? Good segues, but also where the people can find us. Yeah, in in, in lieu of good segues, here's just a segue. Um, <laughs> you can find us at beerwithgeeks.com. You can email us at beerwithgeeks at gmail.com. You can uh, listen, rate, and review us in any podcast app uh, the one you're using right now, uh, it will suffice. Uh, you can support us at patreon.com slash thought bubble audio. And you can, uh, you can uh, find us at beerwithkeys.com or thoughtbubbleaudio.com. Very good, Frank. Well, uh, a pleasure talking Star Wars with you as always. Maybe one day we will be able to see Empire Strikes Back in the theater together and, that would be lovely. Hey, think about it. You know, in a couple of years, we got the 45th anniversary mm-hmm. of of Empire. And then a couple of years after that, we got the 50th anniversary yeah. of A New Hope. So I bet we're going to have theatrical releases for those. Absolutely. So we'll be back. Absolutely. Folks. We will be back because we're not stopping podcasting. You can't make us. No, you probably can. All right. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>